0: Hello, hello, and welcome back to the podcast, Solidarity on the Bench. I am your host, Katie Yu, and I am super excited to bring on another guest on this podcast. Her name is Anne-Marie. Anne-Marie, do you want to introduce yourself?
1: I would be very happy to introduce myself. Thank you, Katie, for welcoming me onto the bench today.
0: (laughs) The bench is so much warmer with you on it.
1: No, literally, we're cuddling. It's so cute. Anyway, <laughs> we're actually completely across the country from one another.
0: No, exactly, like three hours difference.
1: Yeah, it's it's the end of the day here. But hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Anne Marie. I am Katie's friend. Uh, we went to college together and uh, became friends before COVID, but mainly because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Shout out environmental econ. zoom class uh, yeah literally uh I graduated with a degree from Pitzer College this past May and now I'm in 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 post-grad hell I don't know if I'm allowed to say that but (laughs) you were allowed to say that (laughs) it's suitable for today's topic huh
0: yes it is so I reached out to Anne-Marie because I wanted to talk about like the post-grad scaries but like in post-grad because I've had conversations with friends being like oh my god, you know, we're about to graduate, what the heck? And now we've already graduated and <laughs> we're in <laughs> uncertain times.
1: Very uncertain times.
0: <laughs> so for reference to any new listeners, I graduated in May with Emory. I went to Scripps and I'm going to get my master's and I'm actually moving to London in a week. Have Whoa. I packed? Mm, not really. But that is oh. not a conversation for today. <laughs> so I'm going to get my master's in behavioral science and I'm going to be in London for the next year.
1: Baddie behavior, period. And,
0: and Anne Marie is doing something also incredibly amazing. <laughs>
1: Yes, dear listeners, I am uh living in Florida with my family and I am working at a coffee shop. Uh and this is significant to me because as Katie knows, she was one of my loyal customers in uh, a dorm coffee shop I had on campus called um Cafe why can't Marie. I remember? Cafe Marie. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> Are you
0: pausing for effect? No, she just felt brain farted.
1: I'm not gonna lie. I am a little bit nervous. I want to make sure that I say things right because of the first podcast we recorded, which was just from
0: the archives. Un- <laughs> it's, it's like totally from, Ar- from the from the vault, but it's never being released.
1: No, no one should ever listen to that. I think, and I just no,
0: but I think like admitting that you're nervous is good, like let's let's bring it all out there because honestly i haven't recorded a podcast in a really long time and i feel like i'm very not in tune with what i'm trying to say like i'm very like choppy and my thoughts aren't flowing super smoothly either so we're kind of in that together
1: yeah i think that's beautiful i think that's beautiful i'm just glad to be able to like see you and look at you you know and just like talk yeah no this is anyway. this is nice yeah anyway Yes. So I ran a little side hustle amongst the two other jobs I worked on campus uh, called Cafe Marie. And I had a little espresso setup in my dorm with a barista pro express uh, espresso machine and a very expensive uh, coffee bean grinder. And I'd make a lot of coffees for friends that drank coffee like Katie. However, I would make way more uh, hot chocolates and stuff for the many people of Claremont that don't drink coffee. But now in Florida, I've found my people. I'm working at a coffee roaster, doing barista stuff and smelling coffee all day. It's it's good. And you know what? Customer service jobs. Hey, you got to work one. You it, it, I do actually have to. Like it I have humbling. so so much
0: respect for like salaried, like out no hourly workers in customer service jobs because I did one for two weeks and I quit because it was awful. But like I have so much respect for anyone who can stick those out because they're awful.
1: I'm saying, and it's just like I I once heard one of my peers at Pitzer say, I don't trust someone unless they've worked a customer service job. And you know mm-hmm. what? Now that I've worked one, wow. Solidarity. That's solidarity on the bench. I have to
0: ask though. I mean, how are you kind of dealing with working a customer service job? And I don't want this to sound like snobby. You know what I mean? But you know what I'm trying to get at. In like, in like, we are college degree graduates, and I know that in this economy, like college degrees don't they're they're the new high school degrees but like how does it feel because I know you were applying to jobs like how how is that mentally going for you
1: yeah that's that's a great question it's um one thing that I've been saying a lot but actually have like tried to cut back on is just that I feel like a loser I feel like a loser and sometimes I'll go to my dad I'll give him a big hug and I'll be like dad like I just feel Like a loser, especially because um, at the end of the school year, right after I graduated, right after we graduated, I was interviewing for this job at a tech startup in the Bay. And I got through to the second round and they didn't want me after that. And that was a rejection I took very harshly, especially after I saw the salary that they were offering for it. And also um, there's some other people like I was referred by a friend who uh, went to the Claremont colleges. And so just seeing that other people from our college that have degrees just like me are getting this job and I wasn't, it definitely made me feel some type of way and like just not good enough, you know? And so that's something I've been saying a lot, but consciously and making an effort to not say as much because I feel like that totally manifests. If you say that you feel like a loser, you're going to keep feeling like a loser, Um But yeah, so definitely the first week, it was really, really fun. I was learning a lot. I was getting a lot of free drinks on my shifts, So I was very, very happy. The second week got a little bit harder. You know, the rushes were coming in and I was making some mistakes given that I've never worked a customer service job before. And I actually like cried on my first weekend shift because... I was already feeling kind of bad. I was on my period. And my boss had yelled at me for eating my like breakfast behind the bar uh, where we are all making coffee. And she came out from the kitchen where she was doing the dishes just to say like, That is so unprofessional. You cannot be doing that. That is so unprofessional. And I was super apologetic. I said, "I am so sorry. I completely understand. Like, no one's given me this. No one told me. No, like, I haven't gotten this feedback before. But now that I know, I will absolutely not do it. I'll put it away right now." And she just said, "That is so unprofessional." And then shook her head and walked away. She's really kicking you when you're down. No, literally. And it was, it was, it was brutal. And then my other manager came in later that day, and he's like, "Hey, are you all right?" And I just. You know, you're mm-hmm. sad. Someone says, "Hey, are you okay?" No, I'm not okay. The waterfall of tears just came down, and so it's it's definitely been hard to grapple with, especially, um, you know, because I want to support my family. That was my whole reason for going to college, and like the kind of narrative I've been fed since I was a kid. Given that my mom came from China and all that, um, you know, shout out to the shout out to the homies listening with the uh immigrant parent immigrant parent or parents i hope you feel seen <laughs> cuz we're we're right here uh with you and so um it's definitely been tough and but i recently realized actually talking with uh, nina uh i was talking with them earlier this week probably the sh- after the shift that i cried and they were telling me about how they're working kind of a similar, a similar job where they're like serving people. It's kind of like a, like a camp. And so they were saying, you know, working this job that's kind of similar. I really learned that the attitude that you bring in is what you're going to get out of it. And so Nina told me that they had learned so much from working this job that you know maybe didn't pay well and was really like kind of suffering to do the job um not that they were suffering but it's just kind of like one of those hard working jobs when you're on the, your feet all the time right um but they said you know changing their mindset throughout and just coming in each day with a positive perspective being grateful for the opportunity to even learn these lessons is something that really changed their perspective. And it changed my perspective too. As soon as I heard that from them, these past couple of days have been way better. And I've been taking, um, you know, the little victories rather than focusing on the overarching idea of like, I feel like a loser.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, and that was, I feel like that was really powerful. Thank you so much for for your vulnerability and for sharing because like that was something that i needed to hear as well you know cuz i think that like yes i'm going to get my masters and like woo that's cool but like in that time frame of my summer i felt like a loser traveling with my parents <laughs> like i don't get me wrong so grateful that i have that relationship with them so grateful that like you know when you travel with your parents money is not really an obligation mm-hmm, they're paying mm-hmm. for everything and so like i am so grateful to have gone to some incredible countries where i could like order what I wanted to order and do what I wanted to do. Like, all I just had to do was ask. But it was also like, damn, like, I see other people hanging out with their friends. And then they're starting jobs, they're starting lives. And I'm at home. And I have no friends. And yeah, I'm in Europe, but I'm with my parents. Like, and I feel like a loser. And I think that the mindset definitely helps you know it's like this is something that you're gonna be in like this is a position you're gonna be in for however long it's gonna be for me it was only a finite you know amount of time it was a month but um you know I can go in and I can hate it and I can think that like it's it's embarrassing to like hang out with my parents so much or I can be like you know what I'm never gonna get this time back and Mm -hmm. I can learn so much about you know being with my parents and like being this age and and learn about the you know people around me and like I'm sure that the people who are posting that they're at their hot girl summer European vacation with their (laughs) friends like aren't always having a good time and like the grass is not always greener on the other side and the mindset is is so important I wish we had this conversation like three weeks ago when I was on my trip where I was just like oh my freaking god like this sucks (laughs) but like you know it it's gonna it's it's just my reality for like the next what it was only a couple of weeks um and once I kind of shifted my perspective to being like you know my parents are not that bad like I am so grateful that like I can do this and like this is pretty cool and like yeah it's not my ideal it's not like where I thought I would be after I graduated college it's not at all like you know what i thought i'd be doing i can still be grateful in this moment and like really get all that there is to learn about being here and then once i move on i
1: can move on absolutely and i think that there is something to be said about um the comparisons that i'm me me personally one thing i will always do is compare myself to others <laughs> and that is terrible And it's especially bad when you're out of undergrad because undergrad is kind of like the last step. I wouldn't even necessarily say it's a step because some people don't even go to undergrad, but it's like the last moment where a majority of the people that you grew up with, you went to elementary school, middle school, high school, you're going to undergrad. It's kind of following that path. And now- It's the great equalizer. I'm saying. And grappling with the idea that we are just not ever inherently going to be on the same path ever again as the people that were in the same like age group as wait why did that sound really weird age group as is just something that boggled my mind
0: yeah i i read somewhere where it's like the your early 20s are the craziest things because like you have some friends who are still getting blackout drunk and then you have some friends with like actual children and a husband that part you that know, like crazy. the 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 amount of the spectrum and the range of an early twenty-something-year-old is
1: crazy. It's unbelievable, and you're so right. I literally forget the amount of people from my high school that are with m- a m- m- mortgage, m- m- married with yeah. a <gasps> married to a man. Huh. Wow you know i hope they're happy good for them for real and you know what they do seem happy and i like that You, oh my goodness i like that you mentioned you know the grass isn't always greener on the other side because i do see people working at these um these corporate jobs and they're like oh you know i i was invited to lunch with my boss and i i couldn't necessarily like say no so I'm i'm doing this and i'm like wow that's so cool you got invited to lunch with your boss like That's awesome. So that's like my thinking on one hand, but also on the other hand, I'm thinking, man, you're working a corporate nine to five and we just graduated in May. Mm -hmm. Like Like, you're going to be doing that for the next 40 years. And that's what's literally insane, because why am I thirsting for this lifestyle, thirsting for this, you know, near six figure paycheck? when that's something that's going to be on the table and or an op- like that's going to be there forever
0: exactly it's i crazy. think like there there are a small like number of moments in your life where you can choose to take a different path and even though like you didn't necessarily make a choice like it wasn't like you had the six figure offer and you've had the barista job and you chose the barista job but i think like it is It is like you did make a choice of like, I'm going to go and I'm going to do something that I'm passionate about. And it might not be something that's, you know, the norm of someone in my, my brain isn't working. It's (laughs) like the norm of what someone, you know, in my position would do. But like, I think like, as I was telling you before, everything kind of builds character. And I think that, you know, working jobs that you are passionate about that aren't necessarily have anything to do with your degree or like your quote-unquote like academic interests make you a more interesting person like for example you know I went on my backpacking trip to Knowles sometimes I wear my jacket around and like the amount of people who will stop me and be like oh my god you did Knowles and we like strike up a conversation about it is insane like the global reach of like this program is crazy and I think like I've had that experience with hiring managers where I'm on the phone and I tell them like, you know, I run this Instagram and they start looking at my Instagram and they're like, that's really cool, but it has nothing to do with my job or anything. And it builds. um, I I recommended the book, uh, The Defining Decade by Meg Jay. She calls Mm -hmm. it identity capital. And it's just like things about you that have nothing to do with like your academic interests and like what you're going to kind of work go into work, but that stands apart on a resume because, uh-huh. you know, you don't have to write. I'm hardworking. I'm driven. You know, I know how to operate under high pressure situations. You just write, I'm a barista in a busy coffee shop. And everyone's like, I I understand, you know, like <laughs> that is that is good identity capital. Not only does it showcase your skills, but it also shows that like you are interested and passionate in more than just your work and what you do. And I think that is a really important and valuable thing that we don't often think about or we don't give ourselves the opportunity to explore when you're we're young.
1: I'm not gonna lie, that makes me feel really good about myself right now.
0: You should, I'm a hundred percent saying like you should read this book because my sister told me to read it when I was 20. And she said, I wish I read this earlier. I even wish I read it when I was 18. It's about oh, your no. 20s. I've read it every single year since I turned 20. I have yet to read it like as a 23 year old. But everything that she says in this book is so incredible. And I always take something away from it. And the identity capital stuff, like I remember, you know, going into my junior year when I wasn't getting an internship, like the rest of people and I wasn't going into corporate America, I decided to do research on my thesis. I told my mom, I was like, I am a loser. (laughs) Like, I am not going to get a job after after I graduate, because normally in the economics field, you know who you work for at your junior summer is where you're going to return for your first job. And I was like, Mom, I'm not going to get a return job offer because I don't have a job offer, so there's nothing to return to. I can't work for myself. Like, what what does this mean? She was like, Just follow what you're passionate about right now, and you're obviously super passionate about conducting your own research. And if you do what you want to do, and like, is you are capable of doing, and like, is you know, like financially accessible to you, and all that stuff. Like, I got a grant so that I didn't have to go get a salary, uh, a salary job. Mm-hmm. She was like, "It's going to pay off," and I honestly think that that's probably why I got into my master's program was because I had demonstrated interest in research, but I didn't know at the point that I wanted to apply for my master's. I thought that was going to be you know a couple of years down the road, and that I would have to get a job straight out of undergrad and I was struggling to do that like it is so hard to do that if you don't have a return offer so truly just like following what you're interested in what you're passionate about in the moment is so much more important and the one of the recruiters was the one who was talking to me about Instagram and that's pretty cool and like she told me that she would flag my resume so let's hope I get a
1: job when I graduate yeah let's go just katie exhibiting baddie behavior as per usual testing no i i completely agree and just to touch briefly on it the job market is just so like cheeks right now oh, it's, it's absolute so dog bad. water
0: i know so many yeah. people who are like getting new jobs quitting their jobs and you know mm-hmm. looking awful
1: in, Absolutely. like, all
0: skill levels as well. I know people who are seniors who can't get jobs. I know people who are, you know, straight out of college who can't get jobs. U.S. citizens, non-U.S. citizens in every single country. No one can get a job right now.
1: Literally. And also, all the like all of my friends. Okay, that's a generalization. But most of my friends that have gotten return offers from, like, their consulting firms. Don't wait. Uh, they were supposed to start this August. And you know what happened? All of their jobs got deferred until January. Like, that's how bad it is. They already had the offer, but there's not enough turnover in the workplace for them to start. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, it's all right for us. You know what I mean? (laughs)
0: No, exactly. There's hope for us still.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And then I also wanted to touch on what you were saying earlier about following your passions. And I was talking to Jacob recently, actually, and he is in a similar position to me. He's working at a restaurant, uh, also customer service type type beat. But he is just so, you know, positive, like he has such a positive view on these things and like this time that we're going through. And while I was feeling all dogged down and stuff like that, Jacob's a very creative person. He studied media studies for everyone listening. He not was me nodding me about
0: like, yeah, I know, Jacob. I'm like, this is not for me. <laughs>
1: and... <laughs> but you do. And that makes me very happy. Um, he was talking to me about how he's taking the time now, his free time to look into like writing a screenplay mm. and really delving deeper into his passion for like filmmaking. And I was like, holy shit, I can do that. I have passions. I have free time to do my passions. And that's actually so unbelievable because, Katie, you and me, we are some hardworking ladies. And I know that one minute of our college experience just every minute was so jam-packed with different things, different opportunities. So my
0: schedule.
1: No, literally. If you looked at Katie's schedule on her Apple calendar, (laughs) I once looked at it and I swear it was like, it was like, there is not a minute. There might be half a minute in between things that this girl had to do. And when you take Take advantage of all the opportunities that you have available to you in college, which I absolutely think that you should do if you're not in college already or if you're starting college. When you're doing that, something needs to be put on the back burner. And that is something that I didn't grapple with until now, which now I have free time. So that that would be my passions. And that would also be, for me, something I've been working on a lot is my physical health. And that was something that absolutely took the back burner for me. And it was kind of it's kind of nice to like have this time, even though I might be feeling emotionally badly, like I was never able to find the time to go to the gym.
0: I've been on my TikTok era recently, and I only redownloaded TikTok because Sophia is backpacking and she's posting TikToks. And I was like, OK, fine, I'll do it and I'll watch your TikToks so and I'm fucking hooked again anyways. I was watching a TikTok and it said that you don't need to excel in every part of your life. And I think that for you and me right now, like we don't need to excel in work. Like it is okay not to excel in work. I'm not working. At least you're working. I'm not working. I'm I'm going paying more money to get another degree that I don't necessarily need. I'm not worried. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, but I don't need to to focus my life and make that a priority because if I make every part of my life a priority and you know if you're a people pleaser perfectionist like I am and you want to do everything correctly you're going to do nothing like truly well and Mm. I like how you said that you know your priorities have shifted with the free time because like work doesn't need to be your life. And this is a conversation I was having with my sister because she's a creative and she says she wants to find a job. Sorry, I'm putting my sister on blast, but I don't think she listens to my podcast anyway. Um, <laughs> but she, she wants to find a job that she's excited to do. And for me, I think that work is something that like I do to pay the bills and I have interests outside of it. Like, obviously, I want to be passionate about what I do, but I don't want my passion to be my career. And I want to have that distinct line. And I always know that like work is never going to be a priority to me in this life. Like I want to do so much more than make six figures and schmooze my way up the corporate ladder mm-hmm. and go to lunch with my boss. Like I want to have a life and hobbies and interests outside of that. And like that is always going to be my priority. And so- Absolutely. You know, reading that quote of being like, you don't have to be extraordinary in all areas of your life. And like it is okay to prioritize one or two different areas and call that call those eras. You know, I love me an era. So mm, Yeah you do. Yeah, you do. I think, you know, it it resonated with me and I hope it resonates with you too, is like work doesn't have to be your life right now. Like your priority and your focus is elsewhere. Work work is just something that you do to like keep yourself sane and pay the bills.
1: Absolutely, Katie. And that reminds me of a quote that I have literally been saying to myself since I've started the job hunt process, which is, I want to work to live and not live to work. Mm-hmm. Simply put, like that just makes sense. But it's especially hard when you grow up in a in a like, hey, sorry to be uh, liberal arts with it. But like, that's what happens when you grow up in a capitalist, you know, country like America, or like the United States let me be specific um where it's all about that grind mindset if you're not working late hours if you're not you know schmoozing like you were saying what are you doing you know that's what people that's the kind of image that i feel like has been really manufactured as i've kind of grown older it's what i've been seeing time and time again is that a glorified like a day in the life of a project manager in New York City. You know, I had extra work today, so I stayed in, t- in the office until 8 p.m. instead of leaving at 5. And then I went to bed and I pet my dog. And then I wake up in the morning and da 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 Why do I want that? I don't. I, I don't. Period. <laughs> but why are they making me want that? And um, that's a different conversation to have that's something that I've thought a lot about but not haven't really come to any conclusions uh so can't say any more about it but it's kind of annoying it's food for thought yeah absolutely
0: no it's true I'm reading this book that I have been reading for like so long so maybe I'm not really reading it I'm just it's just kind of being read right now called bullshit jobs (laughs) and it's about how I think he says like 60 or 70% of, of like jobs period are bullshit in oh. the sense that it doesn't do anything to drive the world forward and i think about that a lot especially as an economics major where a lot of people go into consulting and finance it's like yes you know on the one hand your job is not bullshit like you're you're actually doing something you're working for a company you're doing a project for another company but like are you making the world a better place? Or are mm. you just making this advertising campaign? You know, like, is that secretary really handling all of your calls? Or is she just scheduling meetings that that didn't have to be there and making you look better than you are? And this it's this whole book that was expanded on an essay that he published, I think, either like in a newspaper somewhere or on his blog about how, you know, people fundamentally in jobs want a couple of things. Number one is to feel like their work is making a difference. Number two is to have purpose. You know, if your job has no purpose, if you know that what you're doing is like not, it's like so stupid, like you're just doing stuff to do (laughs) stuff, you're going to hate your job even more than if you were unemployed. And I think about that a lot, especially like thinking about what I want to do with my degree and where I want to go is like, Mm. I I think that there is something inside of all of us that wants to change the world. Like we want to make an impact. You want to change the world. And there's different ways to do it. You either like want your name out there and you want to be famous or you want to do it anonymously or there's a whole spectrum of ways you want to change the world. But I want to I want to have a job that is meaningful and I want to have a job that I feel like makes a difference. And the way you define that is completely up to you. But I think that, you know, like one of the jobs they're talking about is a barista. And they said, this is not a bullshit job because you are making a difference in terms of the fact that like you are talking to people. Like, what if they're having a bad day? You are cheering them up. Like customer service is never going to be a bullshit job because people to people interaction can never be replaced by like machines and AI. And it goes into this whole conversation about, you know, where's AI going? How are machines going to take over our jobs? Not well-versed in that. Go find another podcast. But it (laughs) makes me think of like, what type of job do I think is worthwhile? And I think the more that I think about it, the more my answer is not corporate, like corporations. It's not Mm -hmm. private sector. It's not finance. It's not any of these things that make a lot of money but you're living in a city that is so high cost that your money doesn't really mean anything and you're not necessarily making a tangible difference in the world. Mm -hmm. I don't know where that leaves me. Half the time I think that I want to be a nomad and backpack and see you guys later or like work in a national park and just never use my phone again. The other half of me is like I just have too much ambition to to do that and I don't know how I could grapple with that being my life but it's it's bringing up a lot of questions
1: wow wow i need to like i need to sit with i can we sit with that for a sec
0: that's i mean that's the only non-fiction book i've read in like the past 30 40 books so that's my only intelligent thing that i have to bring to this conversation
1: no because that was kind of a banger i i I had to break out my little notebook so I could write because I get a little nervous. Uh, So first of all, I can remember what we're talking about five (laughs) seconds after it's been said, but also that was just kind of a banger. Like people do want to have a job or I hope people want to have a job that's meaningful. And it really makes me question about consulting because man, every is going into consulting every person from the claremont colleges in economics for the most part they're going into consulting tell me why i didn't know what a consultant was until like the end of this year
0: i literally cried to my mom in october of last year being like mom everyone is going into consulting do i want to go into consulting and she's like first of all calm down like (laughs) stop crying you know, it's okay. I'm like, mom, I missed all the deadlines for consulting. And she goes, you know, like, look at it objectively. Don't look at it with this lens of, oh my God, people are doing something like I need to be doing something too. She's like, you don't want to work for like a bank. You don't want to work for a corporation. You don't want to work for a consulting company. Like it is okay Mm -hmm. to feel overwhelmed and stressed because your friends are getting jobs and you're not. But it is so early. She's like, that's not what you want to do anyway. So it's okay. Mm -hmm. And like use that to light a fire under your butt. But like don't use it to make yourself feel less than. Because that's not something you wanted to do anyway.
1: Period. That is so true. And like getting those kind of wake up calls is so like lighting a fire under your butt. And just like seeing that, wow. When I cried at my job, I was like, wow, okay, like I can't be working this Florida minimum wage job where I get paid $11 an hour uh, for the rest of my life. um, So that definitely encouraged me to, you know, like restart my job hunt, even though I would be more than happy to stay at my barista job for, you know, the next six months or a- until the end of the year, you know? um, Yeah. But it's interesting that one of the jobs that the book talked about was being a barista and how people will always want to have that human connection. Can I just talk a little bit about the positive things that have happened at my job this past week?
0: Yes, go for it.
1: Yeah, I um there's this regular that comes in every day and her name is I I don't I don't know if I should say her real name, but let's call her Stephanie. <laughs> we'll keep her anonymous even though I don't even know her last name. Uh Stephanie comes in every day and I first met her when it was my first week on the job and she came in with this energetic energy. Like she didn't even really need the coffee, but she had this cute bandana around her neck like a cowboy, but she was wearing this kind of edgier outfit with it. And I was like, wow, like I really love your your handkerchief, your like bandana. It looks so cool. Because, you know, if I see something cool, if I if I'm if I want to compliment someone, I'm gonna do it period. And so I was like that's so cool you have such a like cool style da, 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 da. and she's like oh thank you so much da, 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 da. I'll get a cortado and I said okay yeah we'll get that cortado right out for you Stephanie. And that was the first time that I met her but I've just been seeing her time and time again. I recently she told me that her mom's name is my name. And so that was crazy cuz now we're best friends. <laughs> exactly. We're best friends. And uh, she she comes in. She always situates herself at the bar. And uh, she pulls out her, her laptop. She really spreads out. And she's writing a book in honor of her brother. And I think that that's so beautiful. And she's like an older woman. I'm sure that's not her job. I think she might be like a photographer or something. But it's really cool to see her continuing her passions. And she's not you know, 20 years old. She has a child and I, I just, I really respect her. She always brings me a lot of energy and good vibes at the coffee shop. Um, another thing that's been making me really happy at work, working at the coffee shop has been getting to know the regulars. There's this one guy who comes in and he, uh, he has a cute little teddy bear wallet And he always gets his latte split in half. So one shot with a cup of milk and then one shot with a cup of milk instead of uh, one cup with two shots in milk. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. Kind of a king for that. (laughs) Like
0: two different um,
1: cups? Yeah, like two different small cups instead of just a regular latte. So he can drink one for now and one for later. That's kind of cute. It's like really cute, right? And so I've been really enjoying especially since oh here's I th- I think I found our next kind of little bullet point to really expand upon but coming from college especially the Claremont Colleges where it's quite small and you have a pretty big social circle you know you know you recognize that the faces around for the most part if not you know literally everyone on your campus going from that in California on the west coast to Florida where already all my friends from high school are in different parts of the country you know they're not necessarily coming back but coming back to home to a place where i'm not engaging socially to the extent that i was before was a huge shock for me huge and i'm not sure if you can tell listeners but i'm a quite an extroverted person so i like to i really like to engage with people and For the most part, for the first two months after I graduated, I was just hot girl bed rotting aggressively. Nine to five. (laughs) That was my corporate nine to five hot girl bed rot. And it was it was not great. And so really like building up the relationships that I have with these customers has just been making me really, really happy. And uh, they remember my name and I remember theirs and yeah. So I guess I definitely now that I'm in that position of being a a real professional barista instead of a dorm barista where is mostly mostly servicing my friends' drink needs. Um, I definitely see where that author's coming from and what they're saying. It's like you really can't trade that out for a little ordering kiosk because the coffee's good, but it's not that good. It's all mm-hmm. about the people interaction, baby.
0: That's what Blank Street did right. I am honestly, I've been drinking a lot of Blank Street, not delicious coffee, Um, but the Blank Street model is that they're going to buy you, you know, like the $70,000 coffee machine that does everything in the coffee. You press a couple of buttons yeah. because they want you to have more of the customer service experience. They want you to be oh, talking mom. to the baristas okay. and not having the baristas make your coffee.
1: Is that the place in it uh, that's like getting pretty popular in New York City?
0: Yeah, it's everywhere. It's in New York, Boston. There's literally one right by LSE, which is very dangerous. Um, <laughs> but it's it's literally it's popping up everywhere. And it's, it's a tech bro startup of a coffee shop. And they were like, we're going to redefine what it means to go get your coffee. And it's not going to be about the coffee. It's going to be about the experiences and like talking to the baristas. You should look into it. Coffee's not great. Let me like throw it out there that the coffee is not great I had cold brew and it tasted like battery acid however (laughs) I enjoyed the aesthetic I enjoyed talking to the barista kind of we didn't really talk that's why I said kind of and (sighs) I like I enjoyed the experience of getting the coffee and that's the point of blank street over other coffee shops is that it's technically supposed to be cheaper and you're supposed to have a better experience
1: Hmm, That's really interesting. I feel like coffee as an industry is really interesting. I think what really draws me into the industry and why I started Cafe Marie was so I could share the process of making these really neat looking beverages with my friends and telling them like, oh, when I steam the milk, I need to make sure that it's steaming and like making a vortex and making sure that I aerate the milk enough so that it's the perfect froth for latte art. Instead of just like, oh, here's your coffee. Now we can talk. And so it's really interesting to see the different takes that companies have on what the end goal for their business is. You know, mm-hmm. whether it be like Blank Street, I want you to have the best like human interaction with the barista that you can have versus, you know, I think at my coffee shop, it's a lot about more um, kind of ungatekeeping. gatekeeping The coffee process and making it not super you know um uppity kind of because there can be those baristas that are like oh you want a latte you want like a frappuccino that's so you should really just get a macchiato oh we don't make macchiatos like starbucks we do a traditional macchiato whatever whatever yes
0: okay but going back to the hot girl rot
1: let's talk (laughs) about it real
0: quick because I also hot girl rotted for a good, like, six weeks. And honestly, it was kind of the best time of my life. Like, having no one to hang out with in your hometown, depressing, awful. Seeing other people that you used to be friends with, hanging out with each other, but you're not friends with them anymore. Awkward, embarrassing. Why would I go to the grocery store if I know I could accidentally run into someone that I don't want to see? You know what I mean? But... But let's reframe that and say that that's not my priority right now. My priority was not maintaining friendships. It wasn't making new friends. I was here to focus on me. And I Mm. read literally like, I don't know, 25 books in a month. That was my crazy reading month. I went to the gym and I I did see people I knew at the gym. And it was like weird and awkward but like at least i was at the gym so at all the awkwardness i could just work out afterwards um and it was just like you know my priority was not to be social necessarily i was hanging out with a lot with my parents and my dogs and i was really embracing a slower lifestyle which was a complete 180 from going to college right like when you're at college And you want to see someone, you text them, you see them in the next five minutes. Everything is so Mm. close. Everyone is so approachable and like accessible, not approachable, but accessible. Not the case when you're at home. And it was kind of nice, you know, like to to tell myself that I didn't like I took the pressure off of socializing and I threw myself into me and I had such a good time.
1: I love it. But I it, love it was a hot
0: girl rot. I, I did rot a lot.
1: Yeah. And it's uh, my hot girl bed rot did not look like that. I have a, I live in a room in my house that used to be an office. And there's only one uh, one window that I like to keep shut because I like I'm a snake on the Chinese zodiac. So, you know, I like to be in my in my dark little crevices. So the hot girl bed rot, it was giving like.
0: <laughs> it was giving depression
1: it was giving depression it was giving like mozart requiem playing in the background with like candle lights it's giving the end scene of romeo and juliet in the leonardo dicaprio version in the church but
0: honestly like, i think you needed that you know like we, oh yeah we are not designed to go on 100 percent all the time and yeah. college is 120%, especially you, senior class president, working <laughs> however many jobs, cafe marieing, writing your thesis in like two days because you didn't understand how to do regression. Like, crazy. <laughs> no, but what I'm saying was like, it was like you weren't going 100%. You were going like 150%, like 200%. And you needed to crash. And like, every time I come ho- home from school, I take like a week-long nap i Mm. sleep for like 16 hours a night every day for a week yeah because my body is decompressing my mom says it's natural you know like we are not meant to go and go and go and go and go like we need to
1: rot god it's just if i wish I hope we're painting a clear enough picture of the people that we were in college for the people listening, because if you knew us in college, wow. Like how can you see someone so frequently and yet never like.
0: <laughs> we did <laughs> like, not see, you see each other frequently though. Let's no, be real. but I
1: mean, I mean, like you see someone in the distance frequently, <sighs> you see them walking around like a little, like we're all ants in a little ant hill, you know what I mean? But you never have the time to interact it's crazy because, like, we were we lived so close to each other. And oh, second yeah. semester, me and Katie never saw each other. We I'm were. Like I too, saw you like, like three times. Yeah. No. Maybe. Maybe. One of them was was pirate party though, and that was super. That was very very was fun. fun. I enjoyed that very much. Yeah. No,
0: I was yeah. not designed. I think the whole conversation is having me realize, and this is something I already knew about myself, but re-realizing. I am not designed for the corporate world. I am not designed to be going 180 miles per hour every single day. I have friends who are like working corporate jobs. And like, yes, the pay is good. The sign on is great. You know, you get stock and share whatever. But they hate it. And they only have capacity on the weekends. They mm-hmm. they come home tired they're eating girl dinners every night. There's nothing wrong with a girl Mm. dinner. I had a girl lunch, you know, but I don't want to live that way. Like, I don't want to live day to day going through the motions because I'm an adult now. And like, this is what adults do. Like, no, this is not what adults do. This is just what we were taught that like we needed to do. And like, Mm -hmm. it's not a failure if you're not doing that. Like, you are not a failure if you're not working a corporate job. You are not a failure if you're not pushing yourself at a nine to five. Like, it is okay to be wherever you're at. And it's also okay to want to live a slower life.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I just wish that that was more normalized, at least in the circle that, circle that I ended up being in this these past five years. I think that the culture from the Claremont colleges really, really, that's what grows from it. It's like, you want to be working like that. And then I come home here where I live in a, in a much smaller city. And um, there's people that, that work on a farm every day and they're happy doing that. They raise cattle, you know, and I just like, it's crazy that I forgot there's other lifestyles out there other than corporate hustle, nine to five, other than heavy academia Murray, you know? Mhm. Um and it just goes back to just realizing that our paths are not going to be the same and they should not be the same. Cuz how boring would that be? Imagine imagine this podcast only me and Katie were working corporate 9 to 5s.
0: Revisit us in 2 years maybe we are working corporate 9 to 5s. <laughs> I'm like I don't know if we need to imagine like that could be a possibility. <laughs>
1: Oh, God. Well, I just know not that right like, now. <laughs> But at least, you know, if we are working corporate nine to fives, we'll still have this time to look back on. like, ha- being in the mind state of, like, I'm happy where I'm at. You know, I'm cool working at this barista job and not trying to, not being ashamed of where I'm at. Really, really helped me. Because the first time I saw someone I recognized, I was like, oh, hey, like yeah, I just graduated. I'm I'm working here. I was kind of, I was kind of embarrassed. I'm not going to lie. Um, but now I'm just like, oh yeah, great to see you. You know, our coffee's great. (laughs) Get the cold brew. And, and they've all been pleasant and I don't feel bad about myself. And I don't really think much about how they're perceiving me either, because I know that this is what I need right now for my own personal growth and development. I need to be working this job, and cleaning these toilets in order to realize, you know, what I want to do in the future. Um, my mom's been telling me a lot about just giving me wisdom, Chinese wisdom. She's like, you got to eat your sour or bitter. You know what I mean? You got to, um, I don't want to say it because my accent's bad. And it sounds a little bit like, like garage in Chinese, <laughs> like in Mandarin. <laughs> but like, she's like, chi <laughs> You know what I mean? Like you need to eat the sour mm-hmm. uh, right now uh, in order to realize, you know, what you need in the future and in order to to grow. And so that's something I'm, I'm telling myself every day. I'm like, I'm eating my sours.
0: I love that. Well, on that note, thank you so much for being on the podcast, Emery. Thank you so much for listening. This is not how do I end this? How do I end this? Um, <laughs> If if you enjoyed this podcast, you can find me on probably most social media platforms at this point. My Instagram is at katie.eu. Um, obviously, I have a podcast, and I have a newsletter called the One 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 Newsletter that comes out every Tuesday. So, Marie's <laughs> social is G-E-R. at a n dot and she. If Eat you're your in flowers, kids. <laughs> if you're in Florida, hit her up. Um, For if you some see. Coffee. If you see a man with a teddy bear wallet or a really cool woman whose name is not Stephanie, you're in the right place.
1: Eat your sours, kids. I believe in you.